everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Today in Town Packers podcast. My name is Griffin. You can follow me on Instagram at AllDayPackers, and I'm joined, as always, by my good friend, Braun, who you can follow on Instagram at Lambo.Leapers. And we are back to you with a little bit of a new thing for this show. Uh, we're trying something new. If you listened in the past few seasons, you would know that we do our weekly podcast with game previews and game reviews, reviewing the the game that just happened and previewing the upcoming game but we're trying something new here where we do we reserve the day after podcast for just discussing the game that just happened and we're going to try to do a little bit shorter version of the podcast to preview the upcoming game so we're going to see how this works out we're trying to get into rhythm it's only week three right Bron? so we got a lot to figure out and we have a lot of time to figure stuff out how are you? Yeah, Griff, I'm good. It is only week three, but it feels like there's been enough overreactions by Packers fans to equate an entire season. Uh, but I'm ready to talk about this game. It's going to be, obviously, I would say this is the most anticipated game uh, of the three so far based on just the matchup with NFC rival heavyweight Tampa Bay, and as well as the injuries that coming into this game we're going to have to get into and talk about. But it's a big matchup, and obviously excited to talk about it with you, and a lot to talk about for sure. Plenty to talk about for sure. So let's just get into the injuries right away. Um, I'm sure you all saw the news that Sammy Watkins will not be playing in this game. How big of an impact do you think that has, Bron? Because I'm leaning not so much. He only had three catches in week two. I believe he had how many catches in week one did he have? I think three or less. So I'm not thinking that it's going to be too much of an impact, but it does suck being down another receiver in an already limited group. Yeah, I mean, the the one thing is about Sammy is that his plays that he made were impactful. He had 93 yards in the game, uh, a couple big ones, obviously. I think they're going to miss him a little bit because they were going to him for some of those. Uh, that's He was the number one read on some of those plays, and, and it seemed like every time they went to him, he made that play, uh, which is important. So it, I think they are going to miss him, but the guys that are going to have to step up are Christian Watson, who's also questionable, but you know, hopefully he'll play, and Romeo Dobbs, who is not injured in any way, so he should be good to go, of course. He's going to have a huge impact in this game, I think, both of those guys, because there's going to be more snaps to go around. Randall Cobb is questionable. He's been out most of the week, if not the whole week, with an illness. Mercedes Lewis, there's going to be opportunities for guys to make plays and get snaps, not even just in the passing game, but guys like Robert Tunyon is, are going to get more opportunities just because of the guys we could be missing going into this game on Sunday. A receiver group where not a lot of these guys have earned the trust of Aaron Rodgers yet, being out the one of the few guys who does have that trust, surprisingly, because it's his first year in Green Bay. But Sammy Watkins did lead this team in receiving snaps in Week 1 when Alan Lazard was injured. He was number 2 last week against the Bears, while Alan Lazard led the team led the receivers in snaps. So it, they're out of veteran, and it's going to force Rodgers to have to throw to these guys like Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs, which the optimistic view, Bron, is I think that could be a really good thing because there's no, there's no better time to earn the trust of Aaron Rodgers than when the group is as banged up as it is right now and we're playing a, a team as good as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I don't, I don't think any game is a must-win game in Week 3, but this does feel like it dropping to 1-2 and two does does not feel very advantageous for this group. So Rodgers, no, he knows he's going to have to bring it with the passing game. So he's going to be forced to throw it to Dobbs and Watson, whether or not he trusts them. And the optimistic view, like I said, is that could be a really good thing. Yeah, you're right, Griff. I think that the opportunities that are going to come for these guys are going to be good for them and hopefully for us if they come through. It'll be a big uh, turning point in their development, I think. We're either going to see 
maybe some exciting things that encourage us about the depth we have and the opportunity for growth here and maybe as we go down the line here game after game these guys get incorporated more and more and then we end up having a really talented group that's quite deep as well um, one guy I'd like to see get some get some opportunities if Randall Cobb is out is, is Amari Rogers. I think with him not playing snaps in either of the last two games on offense if, if Randall Cobb can't go I think that's the perfect opportunity to let Amari try and, and do some things from the slot it makes a lot of sense, I think, and um, again, not an ideal situation to not have Randall Cobb on the field, but if that's the case, I think it's time to let these guys get their opportunities, and if it doesn't work early, take them out and let Alan Lazard and keep it with you know just the guys that you know can play and, and maybe do a little less three-receiver stuff, whatever the case is, keep the two backs on the field, do multiple tight ends, whether it's DeGuara and Tunyon or Tunyon and Tyler Davis if they prefer that. They've got options, which is good, but again, losing Sammy Watkins with Randall Cobb questionable, not practicing, Mercedes Lewis as a blocker and as a reliable, almost security blanket at this point in his career, more than, you know, more so than anything. It's important that Rodgers does have guys to throw to, but I think he will regardless. Tom Brady is also going to be without plenty of weapons. Chris Godwin has already been ruled out. Julio Jones is questionable. Uh, Mike Evans has been suspended, of course. But I think that in, in a battle of great quarterbacks without their receivers, I think Rodgers kind of gets the advantage here because our group was not very good to begin with. You know, like Rodgers has been playing with this group minus Sammy for a really long time, for, for a couple months now since the beginning of training camp. So he's kind of used to not having a lot of trust in his guys. Tom Brady, I don't know how he's going to look throwing to having to throw to guys like Scotty Miller as his first read. Yeah, that oof, that's interesting. It's going to be really fascinating to see, like, especially if Randall is out and if somehow Christian Watson is out, which I don't think will be the case. But like the less guys that the Bucks have, it's it's going to be interesting. They're, the two guys that are out, we talked about Mike Evans is out. Chris Godwin is out. We know that for a fact. Julio Jones only did a limited little limited work on the sidelines on Friday and he's their number three and then Russell Gage is their number four and both those guys are questionable and likely going to be game time decisions so they could be without their top four guys and they don't really have anybody else that's dynamic even you know even if they do have Russell Gage I'm not sure like what are they going to do with that Brashad Perriman is there but again Scotty Miller and and those guys like that's not with Jair and Rasul and Eric Stokes like I'm not sure how how they're going to be able to win that football game. This could be a much more low-scoring game than a lot of people would expect, being that it's Tom Brady versus Aaron Rodgers, because these two defenses are really good. The Buccaneers have so far had the number one pass defense in football. They're such a talented group, of course, because Tom Brady's defenses have always been consistently good. He's such a great leader. Um, and then, of course, <laughs> we know the state of our defense. Our defense is very talented. They haven't been able to put it together for a full game quite yet, but I can't imagine Tom Brady's going to have a <laughs> have an easy time at all throwing it against our group with the guys that he's going to be throwing to. And also, we've seen him on Sunday night, week one against the Cowboys, really struggle, not, be, not being able to throw the football over, all over the yard like the Buccaneers have the past couple years. And then last week against the Saints, they only scored, what, 20 points? Uh, it was not it hasn't been a great season so far for the Buccaneers offense. What would be a bigger confidence booster, Griff, than if this defense goes in and into Tampa Bay, a place that we've really struggled in over the last few years, and just shut down Tom Brady's offense? 
to me, that I think that's a realistic possibility based on the guys that are going to be out. Donovan Smith is their left tackle, and he's out. They've did you know guys have been dropping on their offense left and right due to injuries, and there are no excuses for them though because we went into many games against them down a lot of guys, and nobody wants to talk about that. So I don't care who they're missing; they should come in ready to play. But I think this is going to be a big confidence booster if we can go in there and, and really hold down Tom Brady's offense. I think it's a real legit possibility that that happens just based on the way our defense is going to go in there, thinking about those games in the past that we really struggled, wanting to prove a point, send a message after these past two weeks. I think this is a great opportunity to really build the confidence of this team. And this could be the, the game that propels us as a defense into that you know top three best defense in the league conversation, um, which is exciting. And I, I think it's a great opportunity for these guys to get after it. A lot of people are going to point to, given the Buccaneers' lack of weapons, a lot of people are going to point to the running game and how Leonard Fournette is going to be able to perform because we know the Packers' run defense so far this year has not been very good, especially on the that one drive in the second half against the Bears where they had like 100-and-something rushing yards on one drive somehow. But the Buccaneers currently have the number 32 rushing offense in terms of EPA per play. EPA per play is, of course, an, an advanced statistic. If you are not aware of it, it is uh, it's pretty it's a pretty good statistic to measure just overall offensive uh, efficiency. And on the ground, they are currently number 32 in terms of rushing EPA per play. So I, I believe that given their lack of weapons, we're going to be able to play base defense a lot of the time. And even against Tom Brady, I think this is the case. We're going to be able to load up the box and commit to stopping Leonard Fournette, and I don't think it's going to be a big problem. Yeah, I agree, Griff. The, to me, the running game is something they're going to hone in on. I think the offense, there's, there's a few focuses, I think, from this team this week heading into this game. On offense, it's about protecting the football, especially with fumbles. And on defense, it's about tackling better and then forcing those turnovers because I think San Francisco and Tampa Bay are probably the two best teams at forcing turnovers and and just being so aggressive and, and violent when it comes to getting the football. And I think that's something that Green Bay is highly aware of heading into this game. So they're going to really try to protect the football. And it's and it, everybody, it's everybody, because the last time we played the Buccaneers, Aaron Jones was the victim of that, and Mercedes Lewis was the victim of that. And those guys are so reliable usually, right? But especially when it comes to carrying the football and holding it and not fumbling. But I think everybody, including those guys, are going to be very focused and keyed in on protecting the football this week. I presume this is going to be a really, really low-scoring game. Like, uh, I'm, That's not great for Fox's ratings and what Fox is going to want from this game, but just like given the status of both teams, neither team, even at full health, has looked as good as a lot of people th- thought they were going to be coming into the year, and given how injury, how, how many injuries each team has on both sides of the ball— I don't think this well, is going to be. How low scoring, a, Griff? Do you think it's going to be? How low? How low is it going to go? Do you think? I could see this being like a twenty-three to seventeen type of football game. That's never. I don't think that's a big deal. I, I you know, to me, it's going to be about the key drives, the key moments, making the key plays, and just putting points on the board at all costs. And I think there's going to be maybe a lot of field goals, but I, I don't. You know, it could be one of those games, like you said. But I don't see a scenario where our offense doesn't play similar to what we did last week at least uh from a point standpoint I'm not sure but I think there's a good chance for the offense to play well enough Tampa Bay is a great defense so you can't expect them to get 30 40 points but I I do think they're going to play well enough to win the game I think Aaron Rodgers is going to be a big part of that 
One guy we haven't mentioned is the fact that David Bakhtiari practiced the last two days in a row, which is something he hasn't done in a while. So that could be, you know, I don't, again, like he's questionable. Not sure if he's going to play, but if he did, of course, that would be quite the boost. But even if he doesn't, this offensive line now gets Elton Jenkins in his second return game. And to me, that's that's going to be a big boost. They're going to have a little bit better opportunity now in terms of uh, the guys in the middle also with Akeem Hicks being ruled out. There's a lot of guys missing this game. But uh, the truth of the matter is we have to come in, play well, fast, physical. And I think it's going to be a mentality thing that kind of takes us over the top if we're going to win this football game based on, like I said, the, the things that have happened the past few years against these powerhouse NFC teams. We know who the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are and the goal is for Matt LaFleur's team to rise to the occasion, and hopefully that message is being sent across across the locker room and, and as they prepare for a really tough road trip here in Week 3. The turnovers are definitely going to be huge, especially against Tom Brady, who, <laughs> no credit to Tom Brady, the quarterback. That man is the luckiest quarterback in NFL history. I'm such a hater. I don't even care. I'm a, hate, I'm a Tom Brady hater verified Tom Brady hater, born and raised, but he, um, you, you can't make mistakes against his football teams. You can't make mistakes against his defenses, and given that Aaron Rodgers has had two lost fumbles in two games in a row, um, I, I can't imagine that that's going to happen a third game in a row. We talked about this last week, Brown. I can't imagine that uh, the turnovers, the mental errors, the brain farts are going to continue. And I know that's maybe a little bit of a logical fallacy, but I think that I, I think it's just going to regress back to the mean of this offense protecting the football so well, which is what they've done for three years in a row now. They just never turn it over. And that could be the difference maker. It is in a lot of football games. Turnovers are a huge difference maker. And in a game like this, I imagine that's going to be the case. And like I said, Griff, the Buccaneers are one of the best teams in the league at, at making you turn the ball over, and they seem to get—they seem to get the worst out of us every time we play, because there's all the separate thing from all these other games that we're winning. When we get in the playoffs, or when we when we go to Tampa Bay and play them, it, it's always those fumbles or somebody Tom making Brady, a big dude. play. It's and, the and, Tom Brady <laughs> effect. It, well, he's so you. good at defense. I mean, he's just so good at ripping the ball out of Aaron Jones' hands. And, <laughs> he is uh, insane, dude. Oh, my I, gosh. I'm Do just, you remember week 6, 2020, Rodgers throws back-to-back interceptions on back-to-back throws? I, I need to know the last time. I don't think that's probably ever happened in his career, but, of course, it did in that game. We were up 10 nothing that game. Yeah, that one was the one. Like, we hadn't played them. That was when the rivalry began, and we've played them two times since then and lost both times, and... It's time to get one for us here now, too. So I think we have to just, again, they've looked at those games, and Matt LaFleur, I'm sure, sees the commonalities in all of them. Uh, you, you can look at the San Francisco games as well. Every time we lose a football game, we lose it big, usually, for the record, also. And also, <laughs> we don't, we don't, you know, we never make it that close when we're losing these big ones, right? But. Uh, <laughs> Especially, especially in important games. <laughs> but the main theme is the turnovers, the you know the mental errors. It's the same thing. So they have to key in on those specifically. And again, I will say it here now. If there is another game here against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers where we turn the football over and these mental errors are consistent, and just these little things that you see throughout the game, like when you have 10 guys lined up on the uh, extra point, things like that can't happen against a team like this. It just can't happen. So hopefully they are completely ready. They're on their A game, and they're ready to play championship football against the Buccaneers here because this is a big game, and it's going to matter, I think, down the line as well. 
A lot of people are, I'm sure, concerned about this team playing in Florida. I am myself as well. I don't know what it is, dude, but this is the first of two trips to Florida this year. We, of course, go to Miami on Christmas Day. Um, the last few times the Packers have gone to Florida, even in a hot-weather city, if you want to call it that. The, we've got Jacksonville Week 1 last year against the Saints. We've got the Buccaneers Week 6, 2020. We've got, uh, this is off the top of my Chargers. head right now, Chargers game in 2019, Week 12 San Fran in 2019, the NFC Championship game in 2019. There have been a few successful games in California. Mostly Florida, though. This team stinks. I don't know why, but hopefully they turn it around here, right? Yeah, I mean, it's gonna this be is hot, the game dude. to it's do it. It's going to be hot, man. Well, yeah, but the good news is is they're com- it's coming off summer, so it really shouldn't be a huge issue. Although it is very very chilly as you know, Griff in Green Bay these days. Uh it shouldn't be a too it shouldn't be too much of a turnaround, I think, because we're just coming off that summer weather for the most part. So, um I again, these guys have been practicing in the, in the heat all summer. It's not even about the weather. It's, I think it's just the, the fact that these teams that we're talking about um, the Saints caught us, right? Happens. And then you go look at, and that was in Jacksonville, obviously. And then these other games were against San Francisco, a, a Chargers team that's always a tough challenge, and then Tampa Bay. Those are good teams, and it just happens. So hopefully we now come out and right that wrong, exercise our demons, and get this big win. Because this is going to be, like I said, the Week 2 was a very important foundational game for us. And I think this game is going to almost propel us into that next level. I think I think defensively is where we're going to really do our best work here. And that's and if we can win this game and just play really well defensively, maybe keep the Buccaneers under 20 points, that is what propels this football team to the next level where we feel more and more each week like a championship contender. And I think it's going to be the defense this week that does that for us. A big victory here is definitely going to—the the team is going to ride the high off of a victory here. Like you said, Ron, it's going to mean so much for this season. Um, before we get out of here, I have to ask you, is there any reality where you see this team getting blown out by the Buccaneers? The Buccaneers blowing out the Packers, I'm saying? Well, we've never seen that before, so I don't see why. Obviously, <laughs> I'm kidding. But— um, <laughs> Yeah, I, I do think that's a possibility if, if the offense comes out flat. And, uh, again, it's it's a mentality thing. The defense may just feel defeated if, if we can't put points on the board and we hold the Buccaneers to maybe three field goals and it's 9 nothing at half. That's the kind of thing that demoralizes you. But hopefully that doesn't happen. Maybe we come out hot. But I can I can we've seen it before. I could see a scenario where it's like I said, maybe nine nothing, maybe it's ten nothing, whatever, right? Low score game where and we get we do this a lot, and then we're like, okay, let's try to get in it after we you know we'll get the ball to start the half, then we come out with a big drive, fumble at the thirty yard line of Tampa Bay. It's like that, those are the kind of things that happen. So I could see it, and then it just spirals out of control. This this is how we lose football games. So can we get blown out? Absolutely. Will we? Maybe. Do I hope they do? No. <laughs> do you hope they can? I can't imagine. <laughs> I like, I like ask, don't I sound real cool asking myself all these questions? <laughs> and yeah, you do. Them? <laughs> 
I can't imagine a reality here. This is not being me being a homer. I just can't imagine us getting blown out in this game. I'm gonna eat my really? words. I'm now realizing, like you did. I wish one. you didn't say that, Griff, because um, you just jinxed us. I jinxed us. Jinxed us. Um, I just can't imagine, like, even Rod or Brady just doesn't have guys to throw to. Like, even if there was Rob Gronkowski at 60 years old, even if he was on oh, the that's field, a good point. I'd, yeah. I'd still be a little worried. But there's just, I don't think there's a lot of guys that Tom Brady's gonna be able to throw to to make us pay. So if we do lose. It's going to be, I mean, a blowout in this game, I guess, could be like a, like a 23-7 to 7 score like it was week one. Like no, maybe you'd no. call that a blowout where it I just doesn't feel it, like we're in it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, okay. But, like, to me, the way that they play football with Tom Brady, it doesn't take superstars sometimes. Like, he can just throw screen passes that catch us, you know, and, like, things like that, like, where they don't really have to utilize a bunch of talent. Like, they're just kind of – dinking and dunking down the field and then they then it's a big run here and there i need joe barry to break out the big guns here and play some man coverage because yeah, zone coverage i just i cannot I, I i can't put up with tom brady playing against zone coverage dinking and dunking it down the field we've got the guys to cover the buccaneers do not have anyone who can beat Jair alexander or eric stokes for that matter even and rasul douglas or like rasul we have douglas, the dogs right. on defense who can just lock up and Joe Barry has been very anti-man coverage this season and last season which isn't necessarily a bad thing but I think this is the game that you break out the man coverage and against a quarterback like Tom Brady um, we also haven't set a blitz sent a blitz all year you know I, I expect that to continue because Tom Brady's not quite the quarterback that you want to want to send more guys at than you have to so I, I can't imagine this is the game he breaks out all the blitzes maybe it will be though I mean you never know with Joe sometimes right but um, basically, I'm hoping that they play a little bit more man coverage because I can't imagine that Tom Brady's going to be able to uh, cheese his way out of that. Yeah, well, they picked on Shannon Sullivan and Kevin King heavily in that big game. <laughs> yeah. We don't have those guys anymore, man. We don't have the yeah, weak links anymore. Yeah, those are two guys. That's the good thing. I mean, they kind of went to a whole, after Mike Pettin, they went to a whole zone scheme for obvious reasons, the way that the man coverage failed them in that in that game. But it's a different personnel group now, so they can get more flexible. I don't think they're ready to do it yet because they're probably very uh, just, what's the word, paranoid about what had happened in the past and a little, you know, just I guess they just are afraid of, of getting into that kind of defense again after how it's treated them with Mike Pettin at the helm over the years. But they can get they can mix some of that stuff in, I feel like, especially against a team where you know their personnel on offense is not going to come anything close to matching the corners that we have on defense but that's again will they do it probably not they're going to probably stick to their guns and whatever the case is but I am uh, I'm looking forward to at least seeing the level of talent on the field that should surpass anything that the Bucks put out there regardless of who's playing and who's not playing I couldn't stop myself from laughing just because I, I don't know how many sing how many times in the past two years on this podcast, you have mentioned Tom Brady picking on Shannon Sullivan and Kevin King in that game. Like, <laughs> I mean, it that's needs your to be favorite said anecdote. Over, over again. That's <laughs> well, it's true. I mean, that's what happens when you have one bad player or two bad players. It's just a guy like Brady who is so good at just dinking and dunking on you in a perfect way. He'll just see a little thing and then let these guys, let these all pros. He just puts the ball in their hands and let them go to work. When you've got four all pros, it's pretty easy. So that's what they, that's what they did. You know, when the Bucks have all those guys, that's what they do. And it worked. I mean, when you have Kevin King out there, all right, I'm not going to do it again, but like, <laughs> that's, that's the 48th enough, time. Yeah, here we go. Right. But I, again, it's just, now we have the personnel. I'm excited for that. 
time for the offense to play well enough and the defense to really put their stamp on this game. And to me, I, I think we're going to win. I'm going to go with a score prediction of 27-16. to 16. Big win for the Packers and the defense, like I said, uh, feels really good coming out of this one, and they're going to have the biggest impact on this football game. 27 points, I would take that. My score prediction is going to be 24 to mm, 24 to 17. That feels right, right? I mean, score predictions are, as you know, Ron, I'm not a fan of score predictions, but on a preview podcast, I can't get out of here without giving mine, so I'm going to go with the Packers winning 24 to 17. Um, I, I would be very happy with that outcome, and I think the team would be as well. Okay, that's going to do it. Thank you so much for listening. We will be back on Tuesday um, to discuss the Buccaneers game, hopefully a win, right? Um, hopefully we're talking about how good it felt to watch this team. Um, thank you for listening to this preview podcast. Let us know what you thought. DM us on Instagram if you listen this far. DM us if you like the shorter ones or the longer ones better. We're always looking for feedback, so we appreciate it. And, uh, yeah. We'll be watching the Packers on Sunday. Go Pack Go. Thanks for listening, everybody. Go Pack Go. Go.